Hello, and welcome to Becoming, hosted by Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. This podcast is focused on helping you become the best version of yourself. And no matter where you are on that journey, we hope to bring you one step closer with every episode. Now, please join me in welcoming your hosts, Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming. Today, we have Mary Beth Salas Howell on, and she is a PR expert and commentator coming live from LA. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Costa. That is so cool. You're the first um, people on air to call me Mary Beth Salas Howell. That new addition does to it my feel? Name. Feels good. Good, good, good. All right. Yeah. Um, so thanks for taking the time. We know you're busy. Um, we just wanted to have you come on board and talk a bit about um, your industry, the PR industry, how you got into it. We've had so many people on as of late um, for the NFT space, and it's a little bit more technical and um, mm-hmm. there's more education that we need to educate our audience on. But you have kind of both. You're doing some stuff in the web three space that we can talk about later, but um, I mean, everybody is interested in PR, right? So tell us a little bit about your journey into public relations. My journey into PR. Wow. Okay. So long story short, let's see. Um, early on in about 2008, um, I started on the red carpets. Uh, there was a big magazine, a media conglomerate that used to be here and in Phoenix, New York, Chicago, Miami. Um, and I started interviewing celebrities at red carpet events. So asking them questions like, what's your favorite cupcake flavor to uh, their newest projects, movies that were coming out, whether they were athletes or actors or any type of notable individual. And so, you know, being in LA, there's so many red carpets, so many events, and um, I would just interview them. And that's how I started meeting publicists. I'm like, who are these grouchy people standing behind (laughs) celebrities? You know, I'm like, that's what they do. I'm like, I can figure that out, you know? And I, this is, this is the real story. I woke up one day at the age of what, 25 and I bought a dot com. I woke up and said, I'm going to be a publicist. Got my first clients, got my first checks. And I went home and cried. And I was like, oh, God, I got to figure this out now. And it really forced me to figure out how PR worked, how media relations worked. It forced me. I mean, I am. I was always a very social person. Like going out is like work and play to me, you know. Um, so. I leveraged that and I just found myself in the right places at the right time. Um, Networking, it's always a great conversation starter being the St. Louis girl who can talk a little bit about baseball and that just, you know, opened up like real relationships. And from there I got my first clients were like Chef Amira, who's a celebrity chef, the new boys when they were first signed with Warner Brothers Records and they were top 40 billboard artists. Um, and it was, it was great. Yeah. I, I love stories like this. Um, yeah. so, and I, and people get over me talking about being authentic, but it's so important. I know. Um, so, so, and that's how you can make a difference when you go in and you had one, you had the confidence in yourself 
And you had the you took the initiative and didn't wait for someone else to hand you the opportunity. And you didn't try to be somebody that you weren't like, you, took, you know, St. Louis and LA, you know, different, different, different kind world. of, right. Yeah. To totally different worlds. Mm -hmm. And, and you took yourself with you and, and made that how you probably separated yourself from other people, because I can imagine in LA, everybody is, you know, trying to be more fabulous than the next. And then, you know, that's a, that's an endless battle, right? I mean, so when you go in and just bam, you are who you are. Yeah. It puts people back on their heels a bit. For and sure. I you, yeah. I, and you know, it's so funny because my, I didn't know what to talk about when I first moved here. And I, I would always ask people, so who's your college football team? And they'd be like, I don't really watch college football. I'm like, that means you don't have a heart. Like, what do you mean you don't watch college football? You know? And so those were always my, I don't know, go-to. And then I would meet someone who's an Oklahoma fan or a Bama fan or something. And then that's just how I started conversations. Um, and I do want to tell people, no one would hire me in PR. I applied for internships, entry-level stuff. And I was like, great no one's going to hire me. I guess I'm going to do it on my own, you know? And that's, that's how I started. Um, a lot of it has to do with my personality too. Like, I don't like the word. No, I just don't. And I had the privilege and the pleasure of representing Sasha Gray. Um, when she had a three arc episode, three episode arc in entourage back in the day. And, um, you know, she was transitioning from her previous career to more of a Hollywood career. And, you know, one of the transition placements was um, being featured in Playboy. And I just wanted that cover so bad. I wanted her to be on the cover. And I had to call the editor, who's amazing, by the way, AJ at the time. And I was just like, can we get her on the cover? Can we get her on the cover? And they're like, you know, and I did it for days until we settled that, okay, we're going to do half the issues with Sasha on the cover and half the issues with another female. So that's when I was like, great. I got my first magazine cover as a publicist within my first like nine months, I think. Um, so yeah, so that was a huge confidence booster, you know? And I'm like, okay, whoever says they can't do something, I'm like, no, quit telling yourself that you can that's right. literally do whatever you want. You just, you have to just keep going, keep pushing. That's just what I do. Totally. Yeah, I love it. I think now and now people instead, like when you said that journey into PR, people would probably go research, well, what certifications do I need? What this do I need? Oh, I got to do research before I can even start whatever field it is too. But at the end of the day, you just have to start at some point. So you're not going to be an expert unless you, you just jump into it head on. I know that mm -hmm. certain professions, you, you do need a um, some sort of certification too, but don't kind of tell yourself as you're saying, just jump in, get it, learn it quickly and, and don't take no for an answer too. So I think for that's, sure. that's admirable. I, um, after a few years, I, I built a team um, and I had amazing interns. I love mentoring so much. It's actually what kept me running like a hardcore PR company for a while. Um, so what I would do, I had a badass internship program. So it would be about three to six months, um, stipends paid, take care of your parking. And in LA, that's a very big deal. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the goal is after 
the three months or six months, however long you'd want to do it based on whatever you're doing in school, you will know right or what right away whether or not you want to stay in PR or whether or not you want to work in Hollywood or if you want to work, you know, in sports. Um, I did that because, <coughs> excuse me, I fell on my face so many times and I didn't have a mentor. So I wanted to help other people. Like I wanted to show them the ropes, you know, they never stuffed gift bags. They never got coffee. It was, they came to meetings with me. They met prospective clients with me. I had them pitching day one of their internship. Like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm going to press enter. I'm like, just press it, press it, press it, you know, press enter, send that email. And like seeing their face when they get a response back from a journalist for the first time, oh, that's mm -hmm. priceless. Like, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. What didn't you love about the industry? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it was, it was exhausting. You know, sometimes I didn't know it was a very blurry line between work and play you know when I would go to events um whether it's because I'm supporting a colleague's event or um I escorted a client there you know after the red carpet sometimes I would attend the event as well sometimes I didn't I couldn't really differentiate between is this fun or is this work you mm -hmm. know, and when you go through that very often, um, it gets a little exhausting. Yeah. 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 How, so, how, do, you, how do you think, uh, how do I, how do I ask this question? So, uh, because I think that that happens so much, right? We can, we, we have to work and it's, we have to be intense in it. And it's, it's, a, it is a blurry line. Um, you know, when are we spending too much time at work? When are we taking it to him personally? When are we kind of taking on somebody else's projections and thoughts and feelings and, and, and depleting ourselves? Do you think there's a way in that industry to better separate that line? I want to say yes, but if someone has the answer, like, please let me know. I, I just... <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, I would give you some great answer, but I don't, I don't have that. Um, yeah. I didn't, I haven't, or didn't, or haven't figured it out yet. Um, yeah. That question goes deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it's tough, like too, especially in that industry, just dealing because you're so personal with people too, and you probably become friends with them and you want to be like, do and stuff like that too but you have to look out for their business interest too it's kind of like managing a, a team like you want to tell your team they did a good job i love you guys you guys are doing amazing but you also have to be their leader they're they're, they're someone to look up to and respect at the same time too so i think it's really important that you as you said it's tough to find a balance balance or any like defined lines too it's more of like an, an instinct almost that kind of overlaps sometimes but then you have to come back Good imagine sure i think that's another you know okay so I would be part of a team, right? So like with an athlete, they would have a manager and an agent, a lawyer. I would be the PR person. Um, you know, I would be one person on the team and what a client wants to do can be very different from what members of the team would want them to do. First of all, the members of the team 
have to agree on something. And then the client, you know, would agree with it or not agree. And so the, the warm heart in me was always like, okay, but what do you really want to do? How do you really feel about this? You know? And that was, I got very, um, like a personal relationship with some of my clients. So that was kind of hard, um, business and personal, right? Because you want people to be happy and authentic, but you also, I guess, have obligations or responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And that fuzzy line is like, I think having spent so many years being so business focused, I think it got a little exhausting on my soul, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So tell it, take us to the, to the now then. So I, I know that you've, you've, I love that you said exhausting to the soul because you've, you've, you know, when we talked, you know, obviously before you came on the podcast, you've, you're exceptional and you've really, you really look hard at yourself and, and that's always impressive. And it's um, always very admirable to be able to look at where you are in your life and mm-hmm. say, wow, I've, I've, I took this initiative. I made it on my own. I'm, I'm, making a good income, but it's exhausting my soul and I have to pivot and make a change. And then again, to actually go and do that, like you did with the PR, you said, I'm going to do this. I'm not getting hired. So I'm going to do it on my own. My soul is being exhausted and I'm the only one that is um, able to fix that. So I'm going to be accountable to myself and have some self-care and figure out what my next steps are. So tell us a little bit about how that happened for you. Um. Well, I do want to thank the pandemic and the lockdown. I for, say that too. Like many I mean, people, it, you know what I mean by that. I the pandemic is awful, but I have a feeling I, I know where you're going with this. I like it was a cross between I was sitting at home, especially in LA when everything was locked down. I would sit at home and be like, what's the point of life? You know how that question would come up. Yeah. And then I would be like, that's that was a time when I actually explored different things, you know, and I'm like, let's look at real estate. Let's look at what real estate investment looks like, you know? And I found myself being a little bit more creative too. I took a writing class. I, I actually drew and designed my wedding dress that I got married in and had it made the way I drew it out. Um, So it just, something about it reminded me that I can do things for fun or if it makes me feel good, even though I'm not a pro at it. Mm Because I think one of the things that especially if you're kind of an alpha type or you've been working in whatever business industry you've been in, we have a tendency to be like, okay, we have to be the best at, in what we do. We have to make the most, or we have to be a professional and get the accolades to prove it, you know? And, um, you know, and segueing into web three, that's why I love web three, right? Because I'm, I'm finding web three to be the greatest excuse in the world to do what I feel is fun, to explore things that I don't know everything about and, you know, with great opportunities too, you know? I I couldn't agree more. And don't you find it, uh, Kasten, I find this too, and I've said this again so many times on our podcast, but it's so refreshing because the collaboration and the openness and that nobody is an expert because it hasn't been around that long and even really techie people don't have that attitude. 
it is, you can reach out to someone and they respond. You can tell them oh your gosh. idea and you don't feel like, oh shit, this person's going to steal my idea and my project. They're actually on board to, I mean, to, to imagine to finish a meeting, how many meetings do we finish Castle where it's like, and how can we help you guys? Yeah. What do you need right. from us? I'm like, wait a minute. I just fell off my seat. Let me, let me compose myself. I, it was um, like, wait a second. Are you for real? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Help? What does that mean? You know? Yeah. Um, and people pick up their phones and they show up on Zooms on time. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> during my entertainment PR days, it was like, it was a lot of totem pole work right so if you had an 11 o'clock on sunset boulevard the person who was allowed to arrive late 15 minutes is like on time so like 20 minutes late is the person with leverage you know what i mean i just yeah. that's a thing i don't know if some, anyone says that out loud but it's just known um yeah. and so like in web three people uh, it sounds so cheesy but there's a sense of equity you know like uh, whether you're an artist forever or a new artist or someone like myself who sure I have some professional experience in branding and PR but like I'll be minting a project you know that's led by a comic book artist Agnes because I just want to learn how to draw cool stuff and see how the publishing world of comic books work you know I just it levels the playing field yeah, you know, it allows for so many voices to be heard and so many creative ideas to be seen, mm. and and it shows well, it will show and prove that together we can accomplish more than mm -hmm. individual and in, infighting and, and competition. Um, and it, it gives us the project that we're doing. We won't talk about in this in this podcast. We talk about it all the time, but yeah, we wouldn't have been able to. We, we wanted to be able to reach globally, not just a mm -hmm. local environment to build that community. And we wanted to see all different kinds of ideas. And you can, it, it's, you know, you have an idea and you're really excited and you want to talk about it right then or brainstorm, say, oh my God. Yeah. So you don't, even if you're involved with the masterminds, you know, you, it's like you meet once a month. Well, that doesn't give you the flow. So to mm -hmm. be involved and be, you know, web, it, just to jump on into a community that you're involved with in Web3 and, and brainstorm your idea and ask for help and resources 24-7, um, 365 sure. days a year yeah. globally. I yeah. mean, the, the mass of information that we mm -hmm. can get and the connections that we can get um, are real. You know what I love? Like Twitter spaces, for example, they're kind of like on air live meetings of the mind, right? Mm -hmm. But anyone can just jump in it. a meeting. Like I can just jump in a meeting, right? Yeah. I can just go in and hear what photographers are saying or hear what developers are talking about or hear about, you know, feedback about a certain project. Like it's like you can walk in a meeting and leave if you want, stay if you want. So that's kind of cool, you know? I think it's mm -hmm. like, especially in those Twitter spaces too, you're talking to usually people that are hosting them are, are super successful in whatever field they are too. So where else do you get the opportunity to talk to people that are high levels at huge companies, name brands that you Google, Facebook, every time I hop into Twitter space, it's like this person's involved in this company. And all of a sudden I just had went up there, requested to talk and talk to them and shared my opinion. And the thing is people talk about this whole idea of docs versus undocs. 
And I think regardless of your, your status on that too, it's like, if you come up to the stage and you have a good idea, nobody really cares what your background is at the end of the day, sure. to a certain extent where it should and it shouldn't. But if somebody comes up, I'm hosting a Twitter space and they say something that I really believe in. I'm like, that's a super cool person. I'm going to follow them back. I'm not going to go look up them and who it is, where they're, who they are, what type of person. Mm -hmm. Like, I just vibe with you. That's super cool. Right. We're not going to see them at a party and, and, and throw them some shade because we've got to look cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's, like, it's it's yeah i know um but that's just i don't know it's just it, i also go into twitter spaces just to discover like i i didn't even th think i was going to talk about any of this but like i i hear really cool stories i minted a piece of art by a seven-year-old um wow. with autism you know and i'm like he he made that you know, and why not, right? And yeah. to be like one of his first two customers was awesome. But yeah. even beyond that, I'm like, I like it. It's like, it has green, it goes with my green chair right here. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just like the unknown or undiscovered, I should say, mm -hmm. artists. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a great story. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So where do you see things going for you? <clears throat> TBD. I just, there are so many, so many cool opportunities. I mean, where do I see myself going? Physically, I see my husband and I moving out of LA to one of our hometowns, whether that's in St. Louis or somewhere in South Florida. Mm -hmm. um, I think web theory is really cool because I don't feel like I'm obligated to live in Los Angeles anymore. Yeah. Um, it'd be really cool to have a yard for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do see myself at some point creating, mm -hmm. um, it would be really cool. You know, having been a PR person for so many years, living, breathing, eating to build up amazing people, by the way, brands and businesses. Um, honestly, I'd like to do something for myself for once, you know, yeah. something that I want to create, something that I love, you know, something that's about me for once, which I've never gotten to do. So Don't you think, did that change for you in COVID? That sitting, sitting and having that time where we're not, I, I know it changed for me. Um, that's why I'm asking because I, I hear this a lot from people and that time without all the over the noise scheduling and the noise. Yeah. Made yeah. you really think, hmm, what is it that I want to do? Where, where do I want to make an impact? I got to get yeah. off this people mover that's moving so quick. I, it just, I, I don't know. Yeah. When I was sitting there or figuring out, I mean, I, during lockdown, first of all, I started shopping on Amazon, um, looking for like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this lockdown to get fit like JLo. You know what I mean? Like I bought those band thingies, used them once. Um, but I, I guess the time to think, or I don't know what it was. And then the transition over the past couple of years, I'm just like, life's too short. Yeah. Yeah. Who says I have to do something? It's absolutely you know? right. So 
Well, we look forward to see, seeing what you're going to create for yourself. And we will Thank have you, you back on the podcast for sure. Thank um, you. Thanks for joining us. This was terrific. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pessa. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a lot of fun. And um, cheers to all of your viewers. Just keep going, you know, yeah. don't stop. And you can literally do whatever you want. So I give you my blessing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Becoming. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.